I hope that you came to worship this morning. And I really mean that from a standpoint of just getting the things out of your mind that might keep you from hearing from the Lord. And I pray that as I go through this passage and go through this sermon, um, that all of us, including me, would hear what the Lord has to say. Jesus has provided us during this Sermon on the Mount, as, as we have spent five months, um, September, October, November, January, and February in chapter 5. And in that chapter, uh, we've gone through it methodically. We've gone through it very slowly. To go through a chapter in five months is probably, some would say, um, too long. But I did not want to do it hastily. Uh, I didn't want to, to brush over the concept of, of, of anger or lust or, or lying or retaliating against someone that has, has wronged us. And Jesus, on the side of the mountain, is addressing these things because the Pharisees and the scribes had brushed over a lot that the Old Testament had put forth of how they should live and live righteously. And they had taken it and had manipulated it so that it became a teaching that they could either live into or benefited them. All of us are challenged to look at the way we walk with Christ, the way we live our life, uh, how is our heart being faithful to the Lord? And that's not just on Sunday, it's not on Wednesday, it, it's how we live in our waking hours, Monday through Sunday. Are we careful to examine ourselves, to see if we're living into the purpose and the will that the Lord Jesus has for us is our desire to become more righteous in the eyes of our Father in heaven in chapter 5 we learn that we are to thirst and hunger after righteousness that we are to be transformed so that as we learned last week that we are perfect as God is perfect and so Jesus has been teaching. He has been giving us this understanding of character as we live into the faith that we have been called to in Jesus Christ. And we now get to this section as we start a new chapter. And Jesus warns of the pitfalls that we will absolutely face as we strive for righteousness. As, as we strive to be the righteous person that God has called us to be. And, and the first, and probably rightfully so, the first pitfall that he brings up is pride. It's ego. It's how we view ourselves. Are we seeking glory for ourselves instead of God? Jesus knows that we will face that temptation. He knew that those that were listening to him would face that temptation of glorifying themselves as they became more and more righteous. 
I have said this all of my ministry, and you have many of you have heard me say this, that the closer you walk with Christ, the more righteous that you live in the sight of your heavenly Father, the more Satan is going to pounce on your back. The more temptation is going to come your way. The harder it is to keep those eyes focused on Christ, to glorify him, exalt him, and not seek to be exalted by man. Jesus warns us now of this pitfall. The first 18 verses of this sixth chapter give us three practices. It's grieving or giving, uh, praying, and fasting. And Jesus warns against pride and conceit. And so the first example is this idea of giving. And you might say, well, I might have slept, should have slept in this morning if the preacher is going to preach on giving. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Nope, I'm not going to preach on giving per se. I'm actually going to preach on glorifying God. Because that's what this passage is about. This passage is really about glorifying God. If you have your Bibles, and I would again encourage you to, to bring them and uh, follow along. It is on the screen if you would like to, to view it there. Uh, the first four verses of chapter 6 of Matthew. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Pray, Father, that you would illuminate our hearts and minds for what you would hold for us through this, your holy word. We pray this in your name. Amen. So Jesus starts off this, um, as we have it, chapter 6. He's been preaching. He's continuing to preach. And he says, beware of practicing your righteousness before men. In other words, beware of being seen by people as you live into the righteousness that you have been called to. Now, it's interesting because he has just spent almost an entire chapter telling us to be more righteous than the scribes and the Pharisees. In chapter 5, verse 20, we were told that our righteousness should surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees. So, is it contradictory? If you look at 5.16, as we were studying then, Jesus said, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. 
and now he tells us that our deeds are to be hidden and done in secret. And is there a contradiction here? Is, is, is Jesus, for, has he forgotten what he has just taught earlier in the sermon? Absolutely not. You see, on one hand, God is telling us to let people see the things that we do, righteous things, the good works, the deeds that we do, so that he may be glorified, God may be glorified. But he says, on the other hand, don't do the good works before men just so that they can be, they can see them, they can praise you, that it becomes about you and not about God. It's about who receives the glory. Do we want God to be glorified? Or do we, are we seeking for ourselves to be lifted up or glorified in our deeds? And Jesus says, don't let it go to your head. <laughs> when you love others as you love one another, as you carry out the things that you have been called to do, when you give to others, when you support the church, when you go the extra mile, as we talked about a few weeks ago, when you do these things, do it for the glory of God. You don't have to, to, to um, stand up and, and take the credit and, and try to lift yourself up. But do what God has called you to do. Live into what God is moving you to do. When... When we have worship here at Hope and after the service, you know, sometimes some of you will come up and say, oh, that was a good sermon, Marty, you know, um, you know appreciate all you do and all that. And that's great, and, and I, I love the encouragement. But here's what I'd love for you to say or to feel or to think as you worship. I was moved this morning by the Spirit. I'd love for you to tell me that. Or I was challenged by the sermon this morning. Or I, I heard you say, and, and that touched my heart, because God is working with me on this or on that. And so I, I will tell you that it's, it's not about me. As I work on a sermon, it's about God's word. And there's, there's nothing special about me other than a willingness to answer a call to preach God's gospel to a people that he has called me to preach to. And my prayer is always that the Holy Spirit will move in our service and that we would set things aside that, that Satan would pull at us or, or put in our mind that we began to think about what am I going to do this afternoon? What have I got on my plate for tomorrow? Instead, that we would hear God's word and, and we would begin to ask the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts so that we can glorify God in all things at all times. He wants us to be aware of what he has called us to do and our motivation and our desire in doing that. 
Is our righteousness such that we long for others to see it so that we may be lifted up or we may be glorified? Or is it the motivation that God would be glorified in what he has called us to do? And if it's that we do so that we can be seen by others, we've got a problem. Because it's supposed to be about him and not about me or uh, about you in all that we do. Three times in this text, Jesus uses the word reward. Three times in the text. I would guess that, that he wants us to understand something about rewards. And so in that first verse, he says that you have no reward with your Father in heaven. If your righteousness is such that you are choosing for men to see that, there is no reward from God. Over and over in Scripture, we are told about rewards. Rewards that we will receive. Rewards that as we get to heaven that, that, that we have uh, that God has given us because of our faithfulness, because of the deeds that we have done. These good deeds that glorify God. The good deeds that God wants to pour out on us. These blessings that he wants to give us. I wonder sometimes if we ought to, and, and I'm guessing that none of us hardly ever ask this question of ourselves: Is it worth, is it worth it? to seek the praise of men and forego the rewards from God? Is it worth it? I've had people tell me, I, don't, I mean, many times over the years, well, I am just happy that I am going to make it. I could care less about the rewards. You've heard the adage, I'd be glad to be a doorman in heaven instead of a king in hell, or whatever that that saying is well okay the the scriptures tell us that every one of us is going to go before the judgment seat and we're going to have an account of of our life of of our deeds and so i'm picturing this as we get before the throne of grace before the judgment seat and we look at jesus and we just say hey dude i'm just glad i'm here well, you didn't do, yeah, I'm just glad I'm here. Um, I really didn't do anything for you, but, you know, dude, you saved me and I'm here. Really? Is that, is that what we think of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that it's just a matter of doing the bare minimum, that we just surrender our life, and yes, Christ saves us, and we are, are saved, and we believe in him, and we believe he's the Son of God, but each turn as he calls us to offer ourselves and offer our talents and offer our gifts and offer our blessings, our money to him, that we just ignore that in some way. And somehow the scripture tells us that there's supposed to be fruit in our walk with him. What motivates us? 
And if we are doing, and if we are doing just for the sake of someone else seeing our good deeds, Jesus says, nope, that doesn't work either. Our motivation is hidden in deceit. There's that small voice that is saying, hey, Marty, you know, if you do this, somebody's going to see it and they're going to pat you on the back. Um, that crave of notoriety or uh, being exalted for something that someone sees us do. We become proud. And hear me, church, there is nothing wrong with being proud about an accomplishment. There is nothing wrong with giving encouragement and telling someone they've done a good job or you enjoyed how they did whatever they did. That is great. It is how we who are doing the deed take that. How are we glorifying God? Is it to exalt ourselves or to exalt God? And so Jesus, in this passage, as he moves into verse 2, he says, Thus when you give to the needy, don't sound the trumpet as the hypocrites. When you, you give to the needy, don't be like the hypocrites. Those who sound the trumpet in the synagogue and in the streets so that others can see them and praise them. And then he uses that again, this reward, I say to you, they have received their reward in full. Now, this is exactly what the scribes and the Pharisees were doing when, when, they, when they did show some type of generosity, when they did some type of deed in the synagogue or out into the streets then they did it for the purpose of saying, hey, look at me. Look how holy I am. Look at what I'm doing. It was self-serving. And Jesus is saying, don't do that. They've received their reward in full already. Jesus is saying, when we have this desire, when we are by the Holy Spirit are to, to help or to give as we're to carry out the deeds that we are called to we point to God so it's, it's kind of like this maybe um, someone asks you well, what did you do this weekend and, and you say well you won't believe what I did I took some, some kids that are orphaned and I took them to the parade, and I bought some, them some ice cream. And in the afternoon, I went to the homeless shelter, and I served a meal. And, and, and on the way home from the homeless shelter, I stopped by the, the, the rest home and went in and played games with the seniors that were there. It, it was a great weekend. Now, I doubt that any of us fill our weekend that way, at least not to that extent. Kind of doubt we do, but it just makes the point of I did this and I did that. What if it was as if we went to the homeless shelter and served a meal, and on Monday when you're at work and someone says, Well, how was your weekend? and you were to say, 
you won't believe what God did. God allowed me to go and be with some people at the homeless shelter, and man, it blessed me. I was able to sit down across the table and talk to them, and I was so blessed by what God is doing. That's a little bit different than all the eyes that take place. So Jesus says, don't sound the trumpet. Don't bring attention to yourself. So how do we sound the trumpet today? Now, now then they would have known what the trumpet was and drawing attention to yourself. Today, I think we have a different trumpet that we sound, and I would call it social media. You open the Facebook page, and, and someone has put all of this plethora of things that they have done. Look at me, and look what I've done. Look at what I have been doing. YouTube, we see these, um, um, what do they call them? Influencers, I think. Emma's going to shake her head, probably. Um, they, they go on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok, and, and they're influencers, and they say, look at what I'm doing. I want you to see about me. And they get these thousands and thousands and thousands of clicks to look at what they're doing. This is our trumpet today is social media. We, we even do it in organizations. We even do it in the church. Now, there is nothing wrong, and, and I intentionally this week, if you saw it, um, I intentionally put an event out for worship. Uh, I intentionally put on our, uh, our page this prayer focus of loving well from 1 Peter 4. I intentionally did that. But it was not to call attention to hope. It was to call attention to God. Come join us for worship. I didn't put, come hear Marty preach. It's not about me. It's about God. And so how we use social media is fine if it's used to bring about glory for God. But this is, this is what I believe our trumpet is today. Where we live um, in Moore County, of course, Pinehurst is just a, a few stone throws away. And um, Whispering Pines is just a few stone throws away from where we live. Um, and, and if you know anything about Moore County, you know that that area of Moore County, there is a poor area, but there is a, a wealthy area in Moore County. And uh, if you go on to um, Sand Hills Community College or you go on to some of the, the private schools or you go on even to some of the public schools in Moore County, you will see names on buildings. I mean, such and such building of the arts, such and such auditorium. And, and those names are on the buildings because of the money that has been given to get their name on the building so that there is a legacy of the family or of an individual. What would happen if someone gave a large sum of money 
and they did not get the uplifting or notoriety or the outpouring of, oh, that's so great, we're going to put your name on the building for all that you have done. Jesus says, it is good to do good things. But give credit where credit is due because you have nothing without my Father in heaven. There is, there is nothing that you have that doesn't come from the Father. And, and it's my Father that is due the glory. My Father is due the recognition. My Father is due the praise in heaven by your deeds, by your righteousness. Don't be hypocrites. Don't sound the trumpet. When the Lord touches your heart, when the Lord brings something into your life that touches you, by all means make recognition of that. If it's by someone or, or, or through worship, give praise for that. But give praise because of the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. Give thanks for the gratitude that the Lord has given you and shown you. Jesus wants our attention to be focused in the right area, in the right way. Our goals are not self-promoting. Our goal is to be like Christ, to be perfect like our Father in heaven is perfect, to let our light shine differently than all the world around us that is lost, that says it's all about self, it's about you, it's about getting the attention that you deserve. Jesus says, no, it's about my Father in heaven. He finishes this passage in verses 3 and 4, and, and he says, when you give to the needy. It is interesting to me that, that twice in this passage, uh, he says, when you give to the needy or give to the poor. In verse 2, when you give to the poor. In verse 3, when you give to the poor. And, and in verse 4, he says, let your giving. And, and so, when I read this, I don't see if. It's when. He, he doesn't say if you give to the poor, then do it this way. He says, when you give to the poor, do it this way. In other words, he is, he is saying that there is some responsibility for us to take care of the needs of others. And how you do that is to lift up God. When you do that is to point to God and give thanks to God for allowing you to do that, allowing you to participate in how he is working, in what he is doing. Now, sometimes people think that this is just about giving to the church, and, and I would say no. This is about giving to what God has called you to give to. This is not just about throwing money in the treasury of the church. Now, if you want to do that, Ryan will take it. I promise you he will take it as a treasure. But it's more than that. It's the way we think. It's, it's the way that we carry out our, our walk with Christ. 
so often I think we overthink it. It's almost as if we think, okay, these good deeds, God said you find these rewards by hiding your good deeds. But we begin to think, do I have enough money in the bank? Do I do this? How may this affect me? Is this going to affect my reputation? Is this going to affect me in any way in my time, in my effort, in my job? How is this going to affect me? And we began to rationalize, and what it does is this is why we resist giving. We resist giving because we begin to analyze what will this do for me, what will this do to me, and Jesus over and over again begins to tell us or through this passage says, you know, do what I've called you to do, live into the righteousness that I've called you to live into, and you can do it in secret. You don't have to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that seems odd, doesn't it? Because our hands would be able to see what the left and the right was doing. Is, is that what Christ is, is talking about? No, he's talking about, look, you don't have to overanalyze this. Um, you don't have to allow others to see everything that you're doing to seek praise for yourself. Instead, you can do this in secret, and your heavenly Father will reward you accordingly, as he has promised that he will do. The reward comes from God. We may get encouragement and praise from those around us, but our focus is on the purpose of God, that we would glorify God, that our transformation into righteousness that we live into is for God so how do we practice this righteousness that God has called us to how do we live into it we live into it by offering exactly what God has given us each of us have some spiritual gift, some have more. Each of us have talents. Uh, each of us have some type of at least um, spiritual um, knowledge and understanding uh, to share the gospel. Each of us, in some way, and not at the same extent or the same level, um, have been blessed that we can give back even tithes and offerings to God. And, and so the, the church is not about the financial side of that, though it takes finances for the church to operate. It is about how we glorify God and use our talents, our gifts, our resources for the purpose of glorifying God. I have said in the past... Um, 31 years. Churches do not have financial problems. Churches have spiritual problems if they are lacking in their finances. And it's because of our perception. It is cause, because of our focus of, of where our focus may be. And so we as a church should be growing in the knowledge 
and the understanding of who Christ is in our life so that we can teach others and we can share with others and we can help as God would lead us into sharing the faith that others may be wooed and come to faith by the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. We are to build up the body of Christ by the using of our gifts. This is how we live into this practice of righteousness. And Jesus says as we live into this practice of righteousness that our Father in heaven will reward us. Now, I am not caught up or worried about the number of rewards that God may have in store. I had a pastor ask me one time when I was in Wilmington, do you keep count of your rewards? And I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, well, I got six this week. And I was thinking, dang. <laughs> I didn't know you ticked those off. Who knew? God says that he would just pour out those rewards on you as you are faithful and you do righteousness for his sake, to focus on him, to keep our eyes on him and not be turned away from him by anyone or anything. Some of you have, we talked last week a few minutes about um, the Jesus uh, Revolution movie that's out and some have said it's a, a good movie and you should go see it and I would agree with that. Um, we have seen it and I would you if you have time to see the movie it's the story of Greg Laurie's life and coming to faith in Jesus Christ in the movie um, Kathy um, is is the girl that he's interested in and uh, during the movie um, um, uh, he tells her standing on the, the edge of the water um, he says if you ever come between me and God, it's over. Or in other words, my focus, primary focus, my one priority, first priority is God. It's not, he wasn't saying, I don't love you, or I wouldn't care for you, or I wouldn't take care of you, or I don't want to, he, he wasn't saying that. He was saying, God is first, and then the other's and other things come in my life. At the end of the movie, um, they are standing in her parents' um, living room, and he has gone uh, for a second time to ask her to marry him. And as he walks up and stands in front of her, and her whole family is there looking on, she looks at him, and she says to Greg Laurie, if you ever come between me and God, it's over. Again, it's not that she didn't love Greg. They've been married for 50 years. And his ministry has touched a lot of lives. But it was a matter of fixing our eyes on Christ. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. In this section of scripture, as, as we look at it, and, and we'll look next week on prayer and the following week on fasting, and, and this practice of righteousness that God has called us to is not self-promoting, 
but to him promoting. It is for his glory that we live this righteous life. It is for his glory that we do what we do. Our church, our leadership, each of us individually that belong to this church, everything that is accomplished, everything that is done is to be done to the glory of God. It is not about me. It is not about you. It's about him. And only him. And I will tell you, church, I believe with all of my heart that we can accomplish great things in a small church called Hope if we keep our eyes on him. If we listen to him and we do his will and live into what he is calling us to do, not any more, not any less, but what he is calling us to do and then giving him the recognition. If it becomes about numbers or people in the, the, the chairs and being able to say we've got more than you have, our eyes have gotten off of Christ. Do we want people to walk through the doors of this church? Absolutely. But it's for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom. And it'll be for his purpose and his will. And I pray that that will be done if it's his purpose and his will. Let's keep our eyes on Christ. That's what this, these first four verses here are reminding us. Don't let your right hand know what your left is doing. Do in secret. Your father has rewards for you. But we need to remember, we don't do it so that others will notice. We do it for the glory of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for a passage that challenges us, that reminds us as we are to live into the righteous life that you have called us to. As others in the world will see that we're different, that we're living different, that we are not lying, we are not stealing, we are not cheating, that we love on others, even those that are different to, from us and those that are our enemies, that we would love them and the world sees that we would do that and may want to praise us for it and you say, uh-uh, no. Turn the praise to your Father in heaven. Father, may we do that. May we do that individually. May we do that as a church, that we would give you the praise and glory in all things. And Father, may we live into your purpose and will with our gifts, our talents, and our resources so that you may be praised. And I pray, Father, that is our desire. That is our motivation. That is our goal, to glorify you. May it be so. We pray this in your name. Amen.